Good evening and welcome to the show. It is, of course, the Anglo-Italian pod. That it is Monday night, and that means we are ready to review all the weekend action. As always, my name is Rory, and I'm joined by Adam and Andy. There we go. We got there, boys. How are we doing? Good weekend, bad weekend, football-wise. Good weekend, bad weekend. Adam, let's start with you. Good weekend. Fantastic weekend. So I uh, managed to catch my beloved Wickham beating Peterborough United. So that doesn't Ooh. sound like the enthralling clash, but it certainly was for me. 3-1 win. So brilliant. And uh, from a slightly different point of view, mate, um, I think the curse of the pod has continued because I saw a horse's head on my bed. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was your missus that threatened me with not mentioning God ever again. But we won't dwell on that too much. So I'll pass on to Andy. It was, it was an okay weekend. Um, obviously, it was entertaining in parts, frustrating in others. So, yeah, in terms of the football weekend, it was all good. Uh, in terms of me personally, uh, very, very chilled. Uh, it caught up on a lot, a lot of sleep. So, uh, yeah, it was all good. <laughs> That's what weekends are for. That's what weekends are for. Yes, I did get, honestly, you got a message. I got it in the ear, like the entire <laughs> Saturday night. So finally, we went out for a few drinks on Saturday and we found the Barry Supporters Club in Milan, right? We just stumbled in and there was all these Barry fans. We'd be like, oh, damn it. So we were like talking to them for a bit, watching the game. And then Tiz was like, look, I'm not going to, like, this is supposed to be date night. Can we go outside and talk to each other? Like, <laughs> Fine, if you insist, right? But then we spent the whole time listening to the Barry fans being like, is that a goal? Is that a goal? And then, of course, oh, they no. lost 2-0, at which point... Tears was like, you are not allowed to talk about them on the pod ever again. <laughs> this is literally their first loss of the season. They were unbeaten until this point. But we do now know where the Bardi fans hang out in Milan. So maybe I will take the curse to them personally next time. But it was quite fun to watch. Sorry, Bardi fans. You'll, we'll, it's still all right. It's still a pretty At least Regina lost as well, right? So it's not all lost. <laughs> This was literally my defense. I was like, well, actually, if you look at the results, um, they should still be okay. Um, but yeah, here we are. Um, welcome to the show, guys. And I think we're going to start by, should we start in Italy or should we start in the Premier League? What do we think? I do fancy. I don't mind. Either way. Let's start in Italy. Let's start in Italy. And we have to start with one place only. <laughs> For God's sake, Torino. This was your chance. We warned you. And not only did you bore us to tears, but you managed to give away <laughs> the softest corner I've ever seen in my life. And the appealing of offside was, was it was like edging mm. on pathetic and desperate. Like, Adam, what did you make of this game, Andy? I'll get your thoughts afterwards. Oh, I Utterly think the, terrible. Yeah, the meme that kind of sums up this performance was when I retweeted about um, Torino's defence and it was just that scene from Titanic where that old woman goes, it's been 84 years since I saw this. And yeah, it continues, right? This Torino side was terrible. Mm -hmm. And Juventus was slightly, ever so slightly better, but that's mm -hmm. not saying a lot because Juventus have been terrible. Uh, one player that I do want to kind of praise is um, Kostic, who I thought had a really good game on that left-hand side. It's surprising that I saw a lot of backlash from Juventus fans about him in particular over mm. this performance. And I thought, actually, what game have you been watching? But there's not a lot to be said about this match. It was absolutely terrible. Even Andy watched it and he agrees with us. So that kind of <laughs> says it all. I mean, it's terrible. But yeah, enough, enough said. Yeah, were you impressed by Torino or Juve's performances, Andy? 
I was impressed by neither. It was just <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of time I won't ever get back. Because, <laughs> you know, I thought, right, you know what, I'll get, get tuned into the jury derby. You very looking a little bit, you know, vulnerable. Mm. And, but, and as with every touring derby, it's just an absolute damp squib of an affair. Yeah. Like, you don't seem yeah. to get many entertaining touring derbies. It's just... Juve sweating out a 1-0 or a 2-0. Um, yeah, they weren't particularly... Juve weren't particularly great themselves. I think they still lack a bit of cutting-edge quality up top, you know, apart from Vlaovic, who, you know, did his poacher thing fair to play to him, mm. but Moise Kane. I mean, how many times has he signed for the Juventus now? I've lost count, but... He it doesn't is, matter how many. It doesn't matter how many times they let it go and re-sign him. I don't think he's quite at the level required um, to be a regular. I was so him. excited about him as a player when he came through. I was like, "Oh, we have got a star here." That Everton I think the move. I think the move to Everton killed him. I think the move to Everton killed him because it, it's. Yeah. It felt like one of those like De Maria kind of moves where that it didn't make any sense. Like it, it didn't seem like a logical destination for him, it didn't seem like a logical fit for the club. Um, he's gone to like PSG for a bit, he's gone around to Juve, it's just without ever being a regular anywhere he's been. Um, yeah. I feel like the best thing for him and probably for Italy by more of an extension would be surely playing somewhere regularly week in, week out, and yeah. getting the best out of him. Well, weirdly, when he had that period at PSG, I didn't imagine that, did I? I think he did quite well. Was it PSG he was on loan at? He was at yeah, PSG, was PSG and he yeah. came off the bench a lot. He came yeah, but I feel like lot. he got quite a few goals there. And there was another period where I was like, oh, is this the player we're going to see? But it's just not working out for him there. But as we've said a million times, no attacking players really thrive under Allegri. <laughs> yeah, I just um, looked even... at his stats for um, was it yeah. stats 13 in 26. That's a decent return in league. Yeah. And then... Uh, five five league goals in uh, what was it forty one appearances for Juve, which um, that ain't cutting the mustard, did it? And no, overall, no, he missed. He missed an absolute city. Oh, he did. Game. Yeah, he did miss an absolute city. It was not a good day for him. It's a sort. Um, it's a sort of city you miss when you haven't scored this season. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just overthinking. Over. Take a breath as you hit it. Try and relax. Um, but yeah, I I have a theory that this is actually. And I don't think I'm alone in, in saying this, the worst derby in Italy. I think it's always like, it's yeah. the one that people look forward to the least. It's the one that disappoints the most. It's the one that has the least level of competitiveness. <laughs> like, <laughs> even if you look at like Sampdoria Genoa, for example, both those teams are pretty terrible, but they tend to be terrible at the same time. So the competitiveness is pretty close. <laughs> and the even the games are a lot yeah. more atmospheric, right? Yeah, yeah, even yeah. the crowd the makes it. is incredible. So. I feel like the Torino that stadium's too big for them. Like they don't really fill yeah. the stadium. Juventus, that stadium's too big for them. They don't really fill <laughs> the stadium. I think it, it just, yeah, really, really disappointing derby. But I'm just, I'm, I'm disappointed for Torino fans. I have a mm. Torino fan in my class and I was talking to him before the weekend. I was like, come on, mate, this is your weekend. And I saw him today and he just, as he walked into class, he was just shaking his head. He was like, I know what we're like. I know what we're like. We'll just <laughs> never beat them. We'll never beat them. I do feel sorry for them. But Juve, do get a big three points. Um, mm. I think that is, is for them still a kind of pin in the board of like, you know, we've won a derby. We've put yeah. the Maccabi Haifa result behind us. <laughs> Vlavic got a goal. There are a few positives there to take. 
The only negative is it does strengthen Allegri's position, I think. <laughs> so that is. I, I don't know. That's probably a good thing, given he would just keep bubbling on and failing. <laughs> yeah, it's a good so thing maybe, for the rest of the league. Yeah. <laughs> for you, Van, it's probably not so much. But, uh, but he is linked with a move to PSG this morning. So you never know. You never. As where I, where I, that I, came from, I don't know. But when I shared well, it to you, his guys, agent, I was that's where it head. came from. It <laughs> came from his agent. <laughs> is, is he the same agent that is Chipper Moting's like agent by any chance? Because that guy also seems to get the moves, right? So I tell you, I tell you what, if I had Chipper Moting as an, as an agent, I would be earning a hundred grand a year within a week. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, he, he's, he's become too professional bench player at um, PSG and then goes off to Bayern Munich off the back of his wonderful time at um, Stoke City. Yep, I do remember him uh, dazzling the Britannia. Britannia. (laughs) I think it is... Those two words don't seem to go together. (laughs) To be fair, nothing dazzles at the Britannia. It's where dreams go to die. (laughs) It's a rough old place. It's a rough old place. With the Allegri links, I think it's a bit mad because I I, I finally thought that PSG were making sensible decisions, getting players in positions that, like, you know, not the headline players, building a squad, etc. Getting Gaultier, who's an incredible coach, Mm. I'm not sure why they want him sacked. Like, they're, they're not doing badly in the league, Mbappe. are they? Mbappe has got to be because they're unbeaten. It's just Mbappe they're one of four goals. teams in Europe that are unbeaten. It's just mind boggling. But yeah, that's a bonfire I, in itself, right? Yeah, I think Allegri is not the answer. And as an Arsenal fan who did briefly, briefly think that Allegri might be the answer, I can only <laughs> apologize because I now realize the error of my ways. And I pray to God he doesn't end up. Although I think it would be quite funny to see PSG suffer um, yeah. having to watch his football. Like Messi playing <laughs> left wing back or something, it would be entertaining to see. Do it after the World Cup as well. So there's that hope that they're going to go on to win stuff and then the second half collapses, go out of the Champions League, everything yeah. just falls apart, right? Yeah. I, I, we... I, I just hope if PSG is it's just... Um, I just hope that owners after the 2022 World Cup just lose interest. <laughs> that is a possibility. I just that like, is a possibility. I probably won't happen, but I'd just love it if he just went, you know what, we're done. <laughs> just, <laughs> yes. We've got what we wanted. See you later. <laughs> just, yeah, just yeah. walked out and then everybody in the club has to be sold, but so Mbappe is the one that can't be sold because he's on too much money. <laughs> he, he, he can't he's leave and he director. just breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's literally in the boardroom. He's literally in the boardroom. Um, so we do need to move on from the uh, Turin derby. And I think I'm going to go to the thriller at the Maradona, we mm. I did not see Bologna putting up this much of a fight. Fair no. play. They made Napoli sweat. But as always, Napoli just score a hat full of goals. Um, mm. Osman scores again. Cavara scores again. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. He scores again. And Meret has an absolute yeah. shocker. Everyone <laughs> was waiting for it and it finally arrived. Um, Andy, what did you make of the highlights of this game? Just how good are Napoli? I mean, they're just an absolute breath of fresh air to watch. I don't think of what I don't can't remember the last time I've watched a Napoli game where it'd be the highlights or whatever have gone. Oh, they're boring. Like it's always <laughs> edge of your seat stuff. Like defensively, runs off vibes sometimes. Uh, but Napoli mm-hmm. have always been a bit like that. I think the difference with Napoli this year is that they've got a bit more strength in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they've always been able to put out a decent eleven over the years. But 
you know, to have the likes of, uh, you know, Lozano, Osim Hearn, you know, to come off the bench from an attacking point of view, uh, that's, you know, a strength in depth we didn't have beforehand. Um, and in terms of Karachi Vela, I mean, Oh, especially the Champions League last week as well. He's just something else, isn't he? I don't um, I don't understand how he got past scouts. I don't understand how clubs didn't see him. I will never understand how he got past so many people. I mean, admittedly, to be fair, admittedly, like, maybe Georgia isn't necessarily like a hotbed of footballing talent. Under I'll tell you what, I'd be sending all my scouts there. Now. <laughs> yeah, I would be. Right yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> definitely. Right but, over there. Oh, it, it's entertaining. You, definitely. I think you made a good yeah. point about the strength and depth because we were talking about how much they were, they might miss um and Guisa. and they played in Dombele in that role and he did very well I didn't think I kind of said last week that I thought maybe he could do it but has he got the defensive kind of has he got that effort that drive to do it I don't know what you thought Adam but I thought he covered really well and it just showed that Napoli didn't really obviously they conceded a few more goals yeah, yeah. but they didn't really miss a beat without him no, and you know, Rachmani was also missing for this match. Mm. He was replaced by Juan Jesus, who scored the goal for um, Napoli <laughs> yeah. as well. So, you know, it doesn't appear to be like any faults or cracks at the moment. Mm. Granted, Merritt's performance, and I think that was a jinx of the pod as well. We kind of yeah. bigged him up on the last one. So, <laughs> yeah, that was bound to happen. But, yeah, as Andy said, Farah was incredible. I saw an incredible stat where he's unbeaten in 25 games for both club and country now. Oh, so, wow. since the beginning of this season. So, it's just incredible. The other stat that I saw from this weekend, 32 goals in the last 10 games for Napoli as well. So, they are just, like we've just been saying, incredible in terms of just fun, entertaining. The plays seem to be on song. Just like there doesn't seem to be any faults with that squad. And like we said, I think this World Cup like kind of break is going to be at a point where they don't want it to end. They want it to mm -hmm. carry on, right? Yeah. And I think in any other season, we'd be talking about potentially they could have it sewn up by Christmas, but this way it's going to be slightly different this way. So yeah. let's see how the second half of the season goes. Um, we kind of said Napoli's second half of the season don't do as well. Mm -hmm. They kind of start to struggle. I think the key question we've got to kind of ask ourselves is, do they start prioritising one thing over the other? Mm -hmm. Because we've said how great they are in the Champions League, but realistically, they're probably more of a chance at winning the Scudetto this season than mm. they've ever had. I mean, we've said it last season that they should have gone for the Scudetto. But yeah, for me, I feel like they might have to just go out of the Champions League at an early stage just to put that priority. I don't know if that's the right way, but I yeah, think Napoli fans are obviously craving that title. Win, yeah, I, th I think if it comes to like... If it comes to the moment where you've got the round of like, like round of 16 quarterfinal or whatever, and you've got to rest players, they'll definitely rest in the Champions mm. League and not in Serie A. I think they do know that like this is their chance. Yeah. The only thing that worries me with Napoli is that they're starting so quickly. And it's kind of like, I keep comparing them to Arsenal, but they're starting so well. And it just means that the, the drop-off is going to be even worse when it happens. It does worry me that they are starting so quickly. They're scoring all these goals. And you're like, oh, is it just going to dry up at one moment? I hope it doesn't. This is their chance. This mm. is honestly their chance. And like we've seen the Inter are starting to pick up form again, but they're a few points behind. Milan have been in good form, but they've still managed to find themselves a few points behind. Um, they're only three points behind them now. But we've seen Juve are not great. Roma, not consistent, really. This is definitely Napoli's chance. 
I just hope that Spalletti can coach them through it. I really yeah. do. And I think you're right. This season, like it's been said before, but it's a completely different season to anything else. We're almost getting the South American season vibe where you have the open and the closing, right? It's like the <laughs> yeah, closest exactly, we're going right. to get. It's kind of like there might be a few teams who are like winter champions that don't end up lifting it at the end of the season. So we will see. I really hope it continues for Napoli. They're all they're just playing such fantastic mm. football. I think any team in Europe at the minute is going to be shitting themselves about it. And just yeah, we're with you, Napoli. We are with you. For Bologna, I think they showed a good bit of fight. They showed a good bit of fight. They've been in terrible yeah. form. They're at the wrong end of the table. But if you've got Musa Barrow, he's always good for a goal, especially if the goalkeeper does that. And I yeah. think they showed a little bit of a sign of improvement, which is good. Um, because one I, other I call they're, they're out and true. Yeah. One other call out for Bologna, Andreas Cambiasso, who was mm -hmm. at Genoa last season, bought by Juventus, loaned immediately out to Bologna, set up the two to the, uh, on the game against Napoli. He's been quite consistent this season. He's a player that I think potentially has kind of a maybe a pathway to the Italian national squad as well. I think if he continues in that kind of same vein, mm -hmm. he's a very good player. I really rated him last season with Genoa. Let's see how nice. he carries on as I well. Think, I think another one that could come good for um, Genoa is uh, Joshua Zerki. Um, yeah. Because he obviously yeah. had, a, he had a stint originally at Parma, got like an ACL or something like that, uh, was out for effectively the whole season as well. But then he got, you know, uh, he had a good season um, on the Anderlecht last season. Um, mm. I think if, if he can get over his injury problems, um, I think that'll be a good plus for him because he was he was thought of quite highly at Bayern Munich. To be fair, um, yeah. I think he's been I think to acknowledge he's been capped for Holland already as well. Mm -hmm. He's got yeah one or two caps for him. Um, so that you know, I think I think it was a bit of a surprise at the time he went to uh, uh, Bologna. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I think some people felt that he probably kept had slightly different options out there potentially so um yeah i think um they've got they've, they've got a good enough squad to be in a better position than they are yeah. i think it's fair to say um and sorry guys that's the dog yeah, that's yeah. A, so and there's three <laughs> definitely worse teams in bologna i think overall um speaking of which lecture <laughs> should we move on teams. to <laughs> we should probably talk about one of them and it's a team that we've talked about for a while now there was teams such as Cagliari, um, Genoa, these teams that flirted with relegation for yeah. so long. Sampdoria, Jesus bloody oh, Christ, they are they're... absolutely terrible. Um, Adam, I'm going to ask you, are they pretty much nailed on relegation now? Uh, not completely by the virtue of there are other worse sides at the moment in Serie A that are kind of giving them a glimmer of hope. Whereas previous seasons, you kind of go, they're pretty much dead certs. Um, mm -hmm. We said that about Selenitana, though. How they survived. Yeah, no, that's, but, true, that's true. Uh, that's true. Stankovic has got a hell of a task. I think he's going to try and get as close as he can to that window where the World Cup starts and start planning to bring in players. I think that's mm -hmm. realistically the time that he tries to change up because... They've got an aging attacking force, haven't they? Gabbiadini, for example, Cragorella, uh, for example, and then behind him, I mean, there's a few players that could still do a job in Serie A, the likes of Berezinski as a right back, for example. I felt like um, Falcone, who's currently on loan at Lecce, mm -hmm. should be the goalkeeper there personally because I've always yeah he's him. better than Aldero. He's yeah, definitely better exactly. than Aldero. So yeah. they have got a few players in there, and I was looking up 
what's happened to Harry Winks, for example, came in on a loan from Spurs, oh, yeah. hasn't played. The reason apparently is he's still got an ankle injury. Um, I've not seen him post anything like socially or anything like that. So wow. it's just bafflement because he's Tip got even vibes. The, yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Basically, I think we could be seeing the end of Harry or Harry Winks at uh, Sampdoria. I don't think he'll be there for much longer, especially yeah, if they want to free up some you know money for wages, right? Well, they say exactly, and they're going to need all the all the like flexibility they can get. I was just looking through the starting squad, and it feels like a lot of these players have either been at Samp forever, the likes of Collie, yeah. and like kind of like, or they're players that have been rejected from other Serie A teams, like Villard yeah. and Jordicic, who's never fit, like always a player who's got a lot of promise when he was at Sassuolo. I had him in fantasy. Trust me, he's never bloody fit. Like <laughs> I feel like a lot of these players are just kind of like. The kind of the homeless dog shell, or they've just kind of ended up <laughs> yeah. there, and it's all a bit of a mess. It would be a shame for the city of Genoa, of Genoa, genuinely, yeah. if both of those teams were in Serie B. That's fucking that's huge. Like historically, they're both massive, mm. massive teams. So we're not like we want Sam to be in Serie A, right? We just need, yeah, they need a new direction. They need some inspiration and hopefully it's Stankovic that's going to bring it in but I feel like the owners they've not been invested in for so no, long it's just the rot has set in I think it's definitely cost-cutting because they sold Damsgaard to Brentford earlier yeah. this season so mm -hmm. that kind of shows you the intent I think there were 70 million in debt last I heard so yeah, they are yeah, trying yeah. to cut down the wage bill but equally they need to spend to stay in Syria because mm -hmm. they're going to go down and like we said on last episode if you go down to Serie B, you will struggle to come back up. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 it's one of yeah. those that they need to kind of start kind of clicking and getting some money together mm -hmm. just to support Stankovic because I feel sorry for the guy. He's gone in to a place where I think it's rotten, rotten all around yeah, him, yeah, even yeah, yeah. from a, like above his level. Like we've heard about the stories of his chairman doing some dodgy businesses behind closed doors. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't look great for them, does it? Yeah, it's and especially like the, the clubs that are coming up from Serie B now, weirdly, are actually spending quite a bit. They're like investing yeah. quite a lot. If you see like Monza, Lecce and uh, Cremonese this year all went out and got like big signings. Lecce yeah. went out and got Umtiti. Like, okay, yeah. he might not be fit. He might not be the player thought he was, but yeah, he's yeah. a big name. He's experienced. That is a big sign in Monza went out and got everybody. They went big, right? yeah. And then Cremonese as well invested in strikers like Dessas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of made these big signings. And so now those teams can't like Cagliari and they have to keep investing. They have to keep it fresh because the, the teams coming up yeah. aren't they aren't poverty stricken anymore. They've actually no. got a bit of backing. So I think, yeah, Samp are going to find themselves in or finding themselves in a bit of trouble. Mm -hmm. But before we move on from Serie A, we need to look at, look at just because I said the word look, we're going to do it first. We're going to look at Luckman <laughs> and how he is absolutely killing it in Atalanta. Um, scores again this weekend, a beautifully composed finish. Um, Andy, did you see Luckman having this remontada in Serie A? No, it was not the, it was not the redemption arc I expected on me. Uh, mm. season prediction bingo card. Um, <laughs> so no, to, to be fair to him, like even at Leicester, I felt like when he was on loan there, he probably deserved more game time than he got, and he, he you know, he did have some good moments, but I think what you're seeing now is is someone who knows he's going to be playing week in, week out. He's got the confidence of his manager. He's obviously been told to get forward more mm -hmm. and be more aggressive. 
rather than just hog the touchline. Because he's seen do that a lot in the Premier League, just sort of hugging the touchline or bit, being a bit too far out wide to really make a difference. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas now he's getting inside from that right hand side. Um, and you know that obviously the goal is the goal he scored the weekend was a man. You know, if Messi had scored that, the internet we could be we go yeah. batshit mental. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's a man yeah. who's is very very you know in touch and happy with his football because uh, mm. you don't you don't score that kind of goal unless you're playing well and yeah. have been for a while. So yeah, I think it's um, good. I think it's a good move for him. Mm. Should could it's now four goals and three assists. In 10 games for Atalanta, could I'm going to be audacious here? Could he have a shout to be on the plane for the Euros for the World Cup? What do we think, Adam? Uh, for Nigeria, right? So, oh, Nigeria, even. By Nigeria, oh, no, so you thought it was England, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> declared for Nigeria. We missed out he on one. Yeah, he's at, down I think there. it's five caps, something really low, but yeah, unfortunately, he declared his oh, allegiance to Nigeria. Damn it, Gareth, we missed out Eagles. on it. So, um, yeah, he could have though, he could have quite easily been with England. Uh, he was under 19s, I think. Under yeah, I think he played at under 21 level, didn't he? So, but yeah, he played because he, he came from Charlton Athletic at the time. So, you know, mm. there was the groundings. But unfortunately, Rory, no chance this time. But uh, Damn it, we're yeah. going to have to stick with Bakayo Saka. Damn, we're going <laughs> to yeah. have to stick with Saka. Exactly, um, right. But, uh, Adam, do you think that it's Gasp that's getting the best out of him here? Because I really feel like the oh, system yeah. instantly has suited him. he gets the best out of these players that have been written off in their careers or haven't maybe developed their full potential. We've seen it with the likes of who he's brought in before in the past. I mean, the one player I did want to highlight in addition to Lookman was Pasalic, who's doing really well. I had to remind myself that he was on Chelsea's books. He did have a number of loan spells at various different clubs, including AC Milan. And yeah, he's doing. I had no well. idea we. I know. At I had to remind myself. I, I was curious. It's like I remember the name. I remember him being at Chelsea, but I went through his history, and yeah, he's been at AC Milan for a season on loan, and he didn't do too badly. I think it was like twenty-two appearances, four goals, so it wasn't terrible. Like he did quite well, but I think he was just written off as being one of those loanies from Chelsea that always get loaned in and out through different clubs, right? Until someone pays the rich monies that, say, Abramovich and Co. wanted at the time. But yeah, he's doing really well. I, I really tip him to do quite well in Croatian squad as well because I think he's mm. going to be one of those that offers a bit more pace and stamina to the likes of Modric who will control the game a bit more. But then that said, Modric had a fantastic game this weekend as well. So who's to say? He never stops, does he, Modric? He never, (laughs) ever stops. It is insane. Um, And the last talking point in Serie A is going to be Tonali getting another key goal against Verona to keep Milan going. This guy, his first season in Milan, we were all... I saw people calling him toenail on the timeline and he was getting all sorts of slander. <laughs> but over the last two years, he's become massively key for Milan. And what I really love is just his grit. He seems mm. like he massively fights for that shirt. He is always the last player sprinting, harrying, tackling, determined to make the difference. And this time he did. Verona, again, a team that we've talked about, been completely picked apart in the summer, slowly starting to get their identity back a little bit, and they made it really difficult for Milan. But like champions do, they found a way to get through it. Adam, what did you think of this performance from Milan? 
I think it was scrappy, to be fair. I thought mm -hmm. Verona, you know, at times, if they had a bit more quality, could have got something out of the game, especially towards the last five to ten minutes where Pioli is shouting at his players to take it in the corner. But for whatever reason, the Milan players weren't kind of grasping that and just giving it back to the Hellas Verona players, which was hilarious to watch. Um, but at the same time, um, yeah, Milan did a professional job. They took their chances as he rightly say, Tonali looks a beast. He looks incredible. When he's on that kind of form, it's just amazing that he's starting to come to fruition now, I feel mm -hmm. is the right word, because he spent two summers ago off the back of Pioli's criticism, working on himself. He even offered to have his wages deducted by half just to sign a new contract with Milan at the time, which kind of shows wow. his intent. He wanted to stay at Milan and show that he has a place in that squad and he's proving it. You wouldn't have him out of that squad at the moment. And yeah, I think the worry with Milan is more around the depth. So it's good that Manyan is going to come back because Tatarasanu, uh, you can tell he's 37 years old. He, yeah. he definitely needs to, <laughs> needs to be put out to pasture, right? And it's something about Romanian goalkeepers that seem to like fumble and do stuff. Uh, he has come up Radu, big for right? Milan in the past, though. He was, he saved the penalty yes. that arguably won them the Scudetto last year. But yeah, whenever he's in goal, I'm like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a bit shaky, a bit shaky. Yeah. And then you've got defensively Grabia as well, who mm. he's been very shaky. It's a shame because he is young. He's, he needs another loan spot at a club like Spezzi or something like that just to get that experience right now but that said look Milan have got a result at a place that probably they would struggle probably in the past so the fact yeah, yeah. that they've been able to ground out a result there still keep them in touch of the title race I think that's a very good result one thing I will quickly touch on Liao doesn't seem the same Liao mm. a few weeks ago I don't know whether it's just he's off his game a bit he Definitely seems like he could benefit from a break at the moment, yeah. but purely seems... Well, no, one, no one's getting a break at the yeah, moment. I was going to say, I've got I bad mean, news yeah. for Raphael. <laughs> I mean, but, but that's the thing you're going to see that this season, though, because the games are so, you know, it's basically a clusterfuck of fixtures. Yeah. And for people like the Al and, you know, the ones who are pay, playing for the top, you know, the European South American nations, they're going to play probably five five games minimum in the world cup so they won't be getting much of a break anyway um so i think you are going to see like mid-season players are going to have a few weeks where they drop off because when you play every what three or four days it's going to be difficult for even the best players to maintain that consistency yeah and um, yeah and the problem for me is they can't afford to drop him they don't really have <laughs> Like without him, yes. the side looked completely different. And like purely would be even if it was just I'm resting him, there would be huge questions because mm. he's such a key part and like a kind of um monument of that team. They they can't really afford to drop him. So I don't think he's gonna be getting much of a rest. He did play a key part in the own goal. I will give him that. He did kick the ball <laughs> that meant that it went into the goal. So maybe an assist, I suppose. <laughs> um, but yeah, he has kind of dropped off a little bit of late. Um, but I think it's now time to go to the Premier League. Um, I don't know where we want to start the Premier League. I think, as always, we're going to try and keep it short. But it's VAR Chaos time. <laughs> this week's edition of VAR Chaos. So we're going to start with the Arsenal-Leeds game, which was an absolute mockery um so the game kicked off a minute in everything stops the referees all freeze everyone in the ground's kind of nervous 
and then we have 37 minutes while some engineer on call, his phone is going fucking mental as he has to turn <laughs> off and on some machine somewhere because VAR lost communication with the referees, yeah. I think. So any VAR decisions they wouldn't have got. Um, it completely killed the game, even though it was only one minute in. The game turned mm. into complete chaos from there. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, including Gibbon Mitz himself, Richard Keyes, saying that the game should just continue <laughs> without VAR. I don't see what the issue is. That game proved why we need VAR. Um, Leeds got a penalty through a Saliba handball, correctly. Um, that was a really yep. stupid, kind of just naive move from Saliba. Bamford misses the penalty. <laughs> then at the end, Leeds get a penalty given, which was never a penalty because Bamford fouls Gabriel first. And thankfully, VAR's there to turn it over. Absolute chaos. The game was utter madness. I do not know how Arsenal won it. But Leeds were incredible. I don't know if you saw the highlight of this game. I'm going to go to you, Andy. But Leeds, look, honestly, I've not seen a team run with that intensity for 90 minutes this season. It is mental, the pace that Jesse Marsh has got them playing at. Yeah, I've seen these a few times. Uh, they're just lacking... A clinical edge. I think yes. that's all the all the <laughs> yes. lack is a goal score. Because with Bamford, he had a great first season in the Premier League, but you know, he had obviously he was out pretty much all of last season mm. and he's been out for a good chunk of this season as well. So I think he's still working his way back up to full match sharpness. But yeah, they are there might be a little bit of like a more aggressive version of Brighton in some ways. Yeah. Is yeah, yeah. that you know, similar kind of thing to play really nice, easy on the eye football, off football, they're one of the best teams yeah. um, in the league. I think he's involved the Bielsa style because with Bielsa yeah, it's very yeah. much mm. similar kind of intensity, but it was all one-on-one duels mm-hmm. and relying on the individual ability of the players to sort of get them out of the shit. Whereas now, um, I think with Jesse Mighty, it was a bit more structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and coherence to the pressing of what we do yeah. on you know out, out of possession, whether it be like a high block, mid block, we well, seem to have a bit more of an idea of what we're doing from that point of view. Well, that's it, and the runs from deep were absolutely killing us every single time. Aronson is a hell of a player, that guy mm-hmm. is a really exciting player. Sinister yeah. on the left wing, unbelievable. Um, and Bamford, you're right, he changed the game completely. He came on, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, we could not get out of our half. If he could finish, we'd have lost 3-1. Like, if it wasn't for him and Ramsdale having this, like, mad Mexican standoff throughout the game, like, we were so close to losing that game. But I was really, really impressed with Leeds. The atmosphere at Ellen Road was unbelievable. I think Leeds have genuinely got a very exciting team there. And Jesse Marsh is making something there. If he can get it a bit tighter at the back and more threat up front, they could really be doing something. Um, But for Arsenal, I'm going to go to you, Adam. Is that the type of win that gets you where you need to get? Yeah, of course you do. And the fact that Saka took that chance at the angle as well, with some pace as well, that kind of is the type of typical finish that you saw, dare I say it, the Invincibles kind of do. Mm -hmm. Like they were the kind of games that they would grind out and get the result done over the line. So, but props to Ramsdale. I thought he was magnificent. I loved his shithousery to the Leeds fans as well. He I don't know if you've seen it. the clips where he the Leeds it. fans are behind the goal, giving him dog's abuse. But like... he absolutely lapped it up, especially when Arsenal <laughs> scored. He was lapping yeah. it up. But yeah, I, I think we've kind of said it. Gabriel is the only concern for Arsenal at the moment. Yeah. He has his moments, even for that Bamford 
piece where VAR did rule it was mm. only yellow He card. did throw his leg out. He did yeah. throw his leg out. I feel, he's so hot-headed. He's so hot-headed. Yeah. But I think the interesting thing about this game, or one of the interesting things, was that Saliba actually had a pretty bad game. And yeah. Gabriel had a good game, even though... Mm -hmm. He I made know, that mistake yeah. at the end. He had the most blocks, the most tackles, the most aerial duels won. He had a very good game. And I like that when one of them has an off day, the other one's there to pull it out. And, and you're like, going to get that. They're young. They're yeah. youngest. Mm, by exactly. centre-back standards, yeah, yeah. they're yeah. quite young. Um, yeah. So that they're going to make mistakes. Um, well, this is uh, it. And I think, I think as long as they both don't make mistakes at the same time in the yeah. same game, mm -hmm. you'd probably be okay. So, yeah. And I think making like, some a brilliant partnership. I re I'm mm -hmm. really liking it. I am really liking it. And I think it's two defenders for two different situations. Saliba is a good centre-back when we have control. Like, I think he was used to being having time on the ball, being able to pick his pass. Most of the games, he's been able to do that. Leeds, this is the first time that he's been absolutely in, like, just bombarded. And then when that happens, Gabriel is the better defender because he's much better at getting those blocks in the last-minute tackles. And I feel like they really complement each other really well. Ramsdale is an absolute fucking hero. Honestly, some of the saves he made were unbelievable. Um, Saka yeah. finish was great, but it was our worst performance of the season, by far. That was our mm -hmm. worst performance of the season. The second half was absolutely horrible. I just hated every second of it, but we got to the end. But VAR managed not to ruin it. Andy, I'm going to go to you. Now, there's two moments in this United-Newcastle game. The first one is the Ronaldo free the Ronaldo free kick goal, right? At first, I thought, what the hell is he doing? But then it does look like the Newcastle player plays the ball. What did you make of it before we go to the second one? I mean, technically speaking, the referee blew the whistle. The mm -hmm. Newcastle player passed the ball back. If it was a 10-yard pass, nobody would have complained whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then... He's got in, stolen it, and slotted it in the net and got a yellow card for the pleasure of it. Um, it's it's one of those, like, well, did... And people think, oh, it was obvious that the ball was being passed back to the keeper. I'm sorry, but the Newcastle player didn't need to touch it. No, he didn't. He, he knocked he it forward yeah, yeah. two yards. He didn't need to touch it. He, if it was, it was going to the other goalkeeper to kick it, he should have just left it. I will um, just add to that. Uh, they were waiting for the ref to blow the whistle, which I appreciate is slightly different. But I've seen these situations in lower leagues, Andy, as well, where a player touches it. And technically, by letter of law, if he's touched it, then the opposition is allowed to touch it as well yeah. from that moment onwards. So it's a weird one. Very weird. I thought, because my first viewing was like, what the hell is Ronaldo doing? And I watched it again. I was like, oh no, I see exactly what Yeah, he's doing. you can see what he's doing. And then but see... I think the, the bigger one is that awful tackle on Ronaldo. Um, I think it was Trippier, who gets nowhere near the ball, completely takes Ronaldo out. I'm not sure how that isn't a penalty. I think uh, because the, Will the Varane and Wilson one. Uh, wasn't given either. Right. Um, that seemed to even itself out. I mean, I thought with Callum Wilson, because um, he, he had the ball, he, he took, in my opinion, a heavy touch inside the penalty area and then got clattered by Rafael Varane. I felt he was looking for it. Um, and I don't think even if Varane had let him go, he would have had full control of the ball. So maybe that's why United got the benefit of a doubt. But there are uh, people on the internet who feel differently about that. Um, but, in the, you know, interest of balance and all that. Uh, that he could have been given. But yeah, I think with Ronaldo one, he was blocked, completely blocked off. There was no attempt to play the ball whatsoever. And yeah, it just seemed a very odd um, decision. Uh, I think, you know, it, it kind of puts to bed this whole 
big six teams get over decisions all the time and yeah, yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, you know, whenever Manchester United get a decision in their favour, you know, everyone's talking, everyone's saying VAR's the worst thing ever. It's a corrupt tool for the top six to succeed. And yet, funnily enough, when we don't get a decision, nobody hears nobody talks all about it. it. Yeah, I did, I did like, notice the second the City goal got disallowed for Liverpool yesterday as well. Everyone was like, Liverpool, Liverpool. And I was like, well, if <laughs> judge the decision they got it right <laughs> like but yeah i think people only talk about it when it goes against yeah, their interest it, right? exactly but in terms of the game itself i think there was just uh, obviously newcastle a much much different outfit mm-hmm. um i think there seems to be a lot of united fans who Expecting you know, a bit like in the Steve Bruce days at Newcastle will come over, we battled for five and over and over. Yeah. But <laughs> you look at you look yeah. at Newcastle's squad now and they've added um a lot of quality. You know, Bruno Grimarish. I mean, I'd have him in the United starting lineup oh, over Fred. Yeah. Tell you what, day. Jill Linton looks really good as well. Yeah, he, he can't he can't score for Toffee. No, but he's better than Fred at that respect. But the right? transformation that Eddie Howe has made, turning him into a box to box midfielder, is I know, looking miraculous. It like was, genuinely it's incredible. Um, but yeah, Newcastle have got some good quality over the pitch. Um, mm. I mean, Kerry Trippier, like again, he's another goalkeeper that would start at right back for Manchester United. They were linked to him for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll, I'll probably take the goalkeeper as well to us. So, this yeah, is a very yeah, good yeah. Newcastle team. Yeah. Um, I think, unfortunately, there was a lack of quality in a few positions. I think, you know, Ronaldo isn't the player that he was. He, he always seemed to be about 10 yards too far from the play. A lot of the time, uh, which I wasn't really getting involved, which is a shame because I thought last week against Everton was a bit more encouraging. Yeah. Uh, but um, and he yeah. still managed. But you know, some things do continue. He did still manage to make it all about himself as he wandered off the pitch, oh, shaking God, his yeah. head and visibly pissed off. It's I was just... like, oh, there he is. There he <laughs> is. Yeah. I think the other one as well. I think Fred's like. I will say something nice about it. The thing I like about Fred is that he's always available. He rarely gets injured. He puts in 100% every time. Yeah. You don't hear him mouthing off to the press about this set and the other, about this manager and all that kind of stuff. Like, mm. in terms of as a professional and how he carries himself, he's very, very good. And I've always liked that about him. But And you can never fault his effort. But the problem with Manchester United, every time we got the ball into a promising position, the person on the end of that promising position was Fred. Yeah. And each and every single time... He either lost the ball, skied it high. I mean, right at the end of the game where he, um, you know, Rashford had got broke the defence, broke the offside trap, put a lovely ball across the six-yard box. Out of all 11 players, you want that to fall through. Fred is literally the last person, yeah. probably just in front of the goalkeeper, that you'd want <laughs> to be touching that ball yeah, in the yeah. six, in the, you know, in the penalty area. And there was no confidence whatsoever. Uh, I think with Rashford as well, I think, you know, he, he did start the game because he was ill. Um, yeah. but He's still you know, a that, bit up and down at the minute. He Rashford. is. He's never waiting for yeah, yeah. He's, he's yet to put together like a real consistent run of goals. Um, mm. And I think it kind of puts a lot of substance to the claim that he's probably never going to be an out-and-out goal scorer. Like mm. that, you know, yeah. give someone like Haaland that chance or Kane that chance of a 93rd minute of a free header or goal, mm. you'd back them to at least get it on target. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think as, as well, I think it shows from Manchester United's point of view, they are still 
several players short of mm. putting together a really competitive yeah. outfit. The drop-off in quality of from Ericsson not being able to play due to illness yeah, um, yeah. was massive because suddenly we have no control in the midfield. Um, yeah. it, I feel like this is just... Sorry, I feel like this is just two teams... Or this was two teams that are on their way somewhere, right? They're both <laughs> both these teams are trying to get somewhere, and they're both. Yeah, it was an interesting one. It was a really interesting one. I was kind of disappointed in a way that Rashford didn't score at the end. I do want to see him hit form again. It would be nice to see him back. It's been to okay his best. this season, to be fair. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's good. He's, I think we're fun. definitely seeing signs of him coming back. Definitely seeing signs of him coming back. But to finish off the VAR chaos, I actually think. There was no VAR chaos in this one. There was no controversy whatsoever. But City fans tended to disagree. Liverpool, they finally... <laughs> i tell you what, I said it on Thursday. I said it on Thursday. Liverpool are going to wake up for this game. There's no way they just turn up and let City beat them. And they were unbelievable. I feel like they really showed City can be got at. They did not give them a moment's rest. Van Dijk was unbelievable, I thought. Had an incredible game. But we're going to quickly, before we talk about the performances... The goal that was disallowed, that was obviously, it was an obvious disallow, right, Adam? What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think in the, you break it up into the stages. And in the first instance, Haaland is tugging back at Fabinho, brings him down. For me, I don't know why the ref didn't call it then, though. Why did he need to go to VAR to kind of see that? It looked like Fabinho was going to ground anyway, to be fair. It didn't exactly look balanced and with it. No, he didn't. Um, I think. I don't know. I think he, if that hadn't resulted in a goal, nobody would have looked at it. It's one of those kind of challenges. I think it was a fairly obvious shirt pull. And like, even when it, I was like, oh, that's a foul. Like, I thought it was completely obviously a foul. Yeah, like Adam, I was surprised they continued yeah. playing it. And then the ball's kicked out of Alisson's hands, right? And you're like, oh, okay, right. Well, well I don't, two, I don't think two that was. No, uh, Alisson didn't have full control of that no. at all. Yeah. Um, I think that that would have been a bit generous for that. Mm. But that's one, thing, one of my pet hates, right, is the amount of time they leave it to call offsides and fouls. Like, mm. you don't have to wait 30 seconds to give an obvious foul. Like, it could have just um, done that. But I think... Again, I think um, Jurgen Klopp's antics in the game, yet again, is just overshadowing everything. I think he's, I think the, the way he talks about linesman was an absolute disgrace. And that yeah. is like, in he, does the week that, that, he does that every single week. Yeah. Yeah. Every single in, week, he's on, he's, he's on the ear of someone. It's kind of interesting because this week, BBC Sport, well, there was that local, was it Yorkshire, where they had to stop the local league because of the abuse that referees and linesmen were getting and BBC Sport put up this post about, you know, treat referees with respect, blah, blah, blah. And then today they're putting up a thing about how well Klopp did with like managing the thing. And it's like, you need to pick a lane. You need to pick a lane. I think the way Klopp talked about the linesmen, talked to the linesmen was an absolute disgrace. But... A lot of managers do it. Let's not pretend that he's the only yeah. manager. That no, does no, it. of course not. I also think he did it at the perfect time, and he managed it very well because all of a sudden it gets the whole crowd riled up, like that Mikel yeah. Arteta Klopp argument last season, where all of a sudden Arsenal lost control of the game. I feel like Klopp did it and was kind of like, "Look, oh, I'll get sent off, fine, but this is going to work in our favour now. We're one nil up. City are going to shit themselves. This place is going to go alive." And I think that's exactly what happened. But Talking to a linesman like that, to anyone like that, is fucking well out of order. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for City, their performance, it just felt a bit tame. I don't know. I don't know what you thought about it, Andy. What do you think about City's performance? Where, What were they missing? 
I, I think it's just a few players having a bit of an off day, really. I think it's as simple as that. Again, it goes it goes back to what I was saying is Serie A with Napoli is, is the, and Milan is the intensity of games and the frequency which those games are coming. Uh, I think by the time the World Cup starts um, and all the teams break, I think City are going to be playing a game every three or four days mm-hmm. on average. And even a team with City's strength in depth the, you're going to get a few occasions where you have an off day, uh, yeah. and you're not, you know, you're not quite at it. Uh, you know, with Harland, he wasn't quite at his best. I think there was a, a pass uh, from De Bruyne where a couple of weeks ago he'd have just slotted that in, no yeah, problem yeah. at all. A little bit wider for goal, I think, but you, you'd have backed him to finish it in the four mm-hmm. mates in. So um, I, I think you're going to see that. I don't think, I think every team, even Man City, are going to suffer. Yeah. a few games where they don't quite get the performances that they need. Uh, Granted, they've got the biggest squad. Uh, yeah. So you back them to come through that comfortably enough. But I think they'll still have a couple of, of tricky fixtures here and there. Well, I saw that the last four games that they've lost in the Premier League have all been against Liverpool now. Like They're the only mm. team they lose against. I think, is that, is that a Palace? They always need to lose to Crystal yeah, Palace exactly. once yeah, yeah, every yeah. 18 months like, or so. It, um, does, it does feel like that. And I feel like the occasion definitely got to uh, Guardiola. Um, seeing him completely yeah. collapse on his knees as Mo Salah goes through on goal. What a first touch. That goal oh, it was, was absolutely beautiful um and seeing Pep Guardiola's face when Jeff Shrees asked him what was the what was the mistake <laughs> he looked yeah. like he was genuinely it looked like finally Jeff Shreves was going to get what he deserved and was going to get we've <laughs> been waiting for it for years I thought Pep was going to be the one to do it um but Adam I'm going to go to you for Liverpool who stood out the most to you I'm going to give my props to James Milner who was just an absolute warrior the entire game completely shut down that right back position. I thought it was incredible. Like what impressed you about Liverpool's performance? I think um, how much Joe Gomez has grown over the last few matches. I think considering he had to deal with quite a lot of shit, not just from probably his own fans, but just generally about his performances of late and the fact that he grew into this, especially I think they did a job on Haaland. It has to be said. Mm. I think what helped Liverpool was the fact that, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like they, the Man City team were trying to set up Haaland to score the perfect goal, almost like they're trying to yeah. make sure he scored against Liverpool just to prove that he can score in these mm. big games. Uh, I felt like by adding that kind of pressure, it made the game flow easier for Liverpool. And it's interesting that kind of, I think Klopp almost took the Sean Dyche approach with this, which was get in their faces, yeah. Get the ball as quickly as you can to the top runners. So it was interesting how every time it seemed to land at Salah's feet, like they didn't know how to control Salah. And it's like, guys, you've had a good few attempts against Salah. There should be a way of like knowing how you to play against him and how not to give him opportunities. But yeah, for me, Joe Gomez stands out quite well. Van Dijk, I thought, had probably his best game this year for Liverpool. Yeah, because hasn't been brilliant. Van, to be fair, we've been ripping Van Dyke this season. And yeah, he stood up. I think another one is to, obviously Joe Gomez as well. I think he stood up and been counted. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Again, his position in the team was looking a little bit ropey. Um, and him and Van Dyke had been going at each of his throats a little bit in previous yeah. games. So they've obviously sorted it out. So yeah, mm-hmm. fair play. It was a good performance overall from Liverpool. Yeah. And I feel like there was a... My... Go on. Yeah. 
No, no, I was just going to shout out Harvey Elliott as well. I thought he really, yeah, really a, gonna... a big like coming of age performance. I thought he really stood out. Does he Definitely. go on the plane as a wild card? I would not be angry about Could that. Be honestly. As an outsider, if there's injuries, right? Because Reese James yeah, has yeah. got injured recently. He, he, I think this month is going to see a few more of those instances where we got players that could miss the plane, I think, right now. Um, but I just wanted to add, in terms of the VAR debate, Thiago was very lucky to stay on the pitch as well. I thought that tackle behind Bernardo Silva, yeah. when he swiped him out, Granted, Salah had a very similar situation where he was swiped out, but I thought Thiago was very lucky to stay on the pitch as well. No, but, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. And Bernardo Silva had another moment later in the game when yeah. I think it was the thing that led to Klopp being an absolute arsehole. But when yeah. he just tried to flip Salah and then lost his shit completely, I feel like Bernardo Silva really has had a pretty bad week. If anybody saw that video of him getting caught staring through a door in Manchester. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's really random, isn't it? I've not seen that at all, but that is so random. It looks like he's down some hookers alley or something like that. It it's didn't cool. look the typical place you'd see Bernardo Silva. Let's put it that way. I did I did um, see someone compare it to, a, he looks like he's been caught on one of those Hunter pages on Facebook, <laughs> like yeah. it looks really, yeah. really, really dodgy. So a bad week for Bernardo. Uh, but the moment where I think it was him um, trying to stand up against Van Dijk, I was like, mate, you do yeah. not know what you're getting yourself into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, classic small man syndrome, I think. There, yeah. Um, but massive, massive win for Liverpool. That is a huge statement. Gets them back in form. Gets them back to where they kind of back to their former selves. Yeah. Milner, I was just so impressed with. He just always does a job. He's going to be there forever, just filling in and just being like, just adequate, just very, very good at a job. I was really impressed by him. But to finish off our Premier League roundup, I need to talk about, because I saw this at the beginning of the weekend, I thought, bloody hell, you lot are brave. Bottom of the league and posting that. Nottingham Forest on their Twitter, <laughs> putting up a thing pre-kickoff saying playtime with some little puppies now steve cooper has since come out and said that was not helpful <laughs> that's <laughs> that's pretty mildly isn't it yeah can you imagine steve cooper pinning up the poor fucking intern who posted that um nottingham forest look bloody terrible don't they wolves got the one nil win how angry would you be at your admin for doing that andy i'm gonna go first what do you think when you saw that post i mean it's just one of those like you just know it's going to end badly whenever you yeah, post yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. do it after the game when you've won and got the three points. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and even then, you know that if Wolves to win that match two or three years down the line, they would bring it bring yeah. it up. Yeah, uh, That's going in the bookmarks. It's definitely going <laughs> yeah. in the bookmarks. And it's funny because like, um, the manager was seeing, the Wolves manager was saying afterwards, uh, or the interim was saying that... Um, you know, Ruben Neves had already picked it up online yeah. for the game. We'd just put it on a put it on like a whiteboard mm. or a pinboard or something like that, and just gone. There we go. There's your motivation but for the day. Honestly, <laughs> like, how did, how did the intern not look at the Premier League table before posting this? Like, <laughs> at any one, point, you, one you like, shouldn't be posting that in the first place. Um, number two, um, you know. Look, look at the table uh, yeah. <laughs> and look and think yeah. to yourself how would how would this do it um so yeah i it did was... 
I did enjoy Wolves' response afterwards because there was a little yes. Easter egg in the background and I don't know if anybody saw it or it took me a while to spot it, but they had the axe into the tree saying yeah. playtime's over. And then at the back, they said safe trip back to Knott's Forest. And Forest fans yeah. hate being called Knott's Forest. It's Knott's County and Nottingham Forest. I did love that little dig at the back. It took me a minute to spot it, but I thought that was absolutely chef's kiss beautiful um but if we talk about on the pitch wolves that was a huge win for them absolutely huge for them because they are looking in trouble crew alex legend steve davis currently in charge of wolves when i saw him doing the press conference i was like holy shit i thought you were dead um it was great to see him there um but for forest are they gonna like adam what do you think i really think they are a lot worse than i thought they were going to be yeah, I think they're still finding their feet and it's they need to start winning these kind of games right now because by the second half of the season, they're not going to have that luxury of the amount of games plus the sides that they're going to be facing. Mm-hmm. So granted, they've played a few of the big teams, but not all of them yet. Yeah. So it, it's it's one of those, I, I'm glad they've sticks or they are going to stick with Steve Cooper, but the problem is the recruitment has been terrible. It's been highlighted. I mean... The fact that they've got five squads, I mean, that kind of says the story. They just the fact they sacked the recruitment staff. Yeah, exactly. Put all that business, but surely, you know, when you you know when you sat there, like the recruitment team and the owner, like surely, you know, you know when you sat there and you've signed like your twelfth or thirteenth player, surely somebody somewhere sits in a room, go, so where are these lads gonna? play <laughs> yeah yeah you know, it does feel should... like it feels like yeah. the chairman's been away on holiday and then turned back going you fucking signed 20 players <laughs> like yeah. he's left his credit card there and gone yeah just do it like it's there just, just do, do what you want, want. yeah, yeah. It, just, and he's just come back of his holidays and gone what the fuck but yeah. uh I think the best the best hope for um, Nottingham Forest is that even though they've only won one game this season, there are still some also terrible teams yeah. in and around yeah. there. I mean, you look yeah. at, you know, Wolves can't score for Toffee most of the mm. time. Southampton are sleepwalking into a relegation battle, I think. However, they they've, got, they've, got, yeah. they've got the trump card of being able to sack the manager and having a decent enough squad of players. Yeah, yeah, uh, same yeah, with Leicester yeah. City. I think as soon as yeah. they sack Brendan Rodgers... They'll, the performances will go up because they're better than but where you, they are. But yeah, I think yeah. you can make an argument for a good solid eight teams going down this year. Really, like any of them, yeah. really, you could see getting dragged into it. I think it's kind of really fascinating. But speaking of which, someone who could get um, dragged into it, Gerard is clinging mm. on for dear life at Aston Villa. I did see, and I really enjoyed this. Sky Sports before the game were trying to spin the form as like, and they said Aston Villa are in form dramatic music goals going in and it was three draws and a win <laughs> i was like wow this is some heavy yeah. PR work. It, it feels it feels like um i was i was having a browser twitter the other day and i think it feels like aston villa fans have never really warmed to steven yeah. gerrard yeah, i think yeah. they've never really got on board with it i think they're frustrated with his tactics or non-tactics yeah, yeah. his team yeah, exactly. he still doesn't know his best 11 a year into uh mm-hmm. being the club and the tactics still seem to be largely be give it to Coutinho, hope he, hope he does some funky yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. But well, I think yeah. the, the, the big thing for him was it was it Beal, his assistant, who went to yeah. QPR. Yeah, that was a huge turning point for Gerard. I think he really was 
quite key to Gerard, right? Yeah, um, in in the like, yeah, the 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 tactics and stuff like that. But I think also, I don't know if you saw this, um, Adam, but the there was a comment pre-game where Gerard said Chelsea should be turning up and wiping the floor. Yeah. I saw yeah, that, I saw it, that, and that's not, not going to warm many players or even fans, right? Because they've got a bad opinion of him already. I mean, if you ask me before that match, what is their identity, what's their style, I couldn't tell you. Um, and the fact that this is like the 14th win by Chelsea in these encounters kind of sums it up. But it has to be said, they did play a lot better than I think a lot of yeah. people expected. Kepa had to pull off some amazing saves to keep him into that game. And I'm sure Andy wanted to talk a bit more about Kepa and his redemption because, like, yeah, he's it's incredible, isn't he, Andy? Let's be honest, nobody saw that redemption coming. If, like, if someone said to me at the beginning of the season, Graham Potter be in charge of Chelsea, Kepa, Ariza Balag would be the number one, I'd have <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, asked for whatever they're having. Um, <laughs> But um, no, it's um, because obviously Mendy's been a little bit shaky, shaky second half of last season. He's played some absolutely, you know, had a couple of horror shows um, this season as well, especially like the Dina Mazzagreb game where he was just, I think that was the final straw. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think he's, and I think Kepa started every game since um, Potter's come in. Um, And I think you see, let's not forget that, you know, he cost £70 million from Letico Bilbao. He came with a big reputation. And I think what happened was he got himself caught up in a lot of things that affected his football. There was, you know, that infamous League Cup final where he refused to to come off the pitch and came out the wrong end of that, you know, ended up losing the game as a result. Um, And I think there was a point where he had, like, the worst save percentage in the league as well yeah. from someone playing regularly where it felt like every shot on target was going in. So let's, you know, without, you don't want to rewrite history. He was dropped for a reason. Um, and I think it was only because he cost £70 million in the amount of money he's on is the reason why he's still at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think Potter's been bought in. I think what you're seeing is that he's giving a bit more life to players who you thought were probably on their way up the exit door mm-hmm. i think with you know reason Belago's distribution is very good i think certainly better than mendy's is um yeah. and i think those his communication seems to be quite good as well you know mm-hmm. he's telling people where to be and i think he again i think he's got when he knows he's got the faith of his manager and you know the players in front of them he's obviously um it's an unexpected redemption arc and i mean though that triple save and the the other one that save of danny ings as well those are world-class saves yeah yeah um, yeah it's you know there's no bones about it if like again if edison or allison had been making those saves people will be raving on about exactly. it for weeks um mm-hmm. so i think the challenge for him is now to you know put a sustainable run of form together for the whole season um you know and end the season as number one for chelsea that's his next challenge he needs to show he could do that week in week out um and i think potter great potter will give him enough to his game i think also yeah. what i'm quite liking about it is you know you're seeing an english manager take charge of a top top team and start to make a difference. I think they've settled on a front three or four, I think. Um, and also, I think, just to digress a little bit, I never knew Mason Mount could take a free kick like that. I did not I didn't have, see that coming either, not, I'll be honest. I, I did not have that as being in his locker whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to be fair, he was brilliant. I think also, 
to ties into Tyrone Mings. I mean, one thing that Gerard was, was absolutely <laughs> right. What a great assist that uh, was, one, though. Yeah, <laughs> one thing that Gerard is abs- was absolutely right about was that Tyrone Mings is not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he stripped him off the captaincy. He brought, you know, uh, Gabriel, the other Gabriel in at centre-back. And I think the, the full intention was that he was going to be a bench player, he was going to have his new centre-back partnership, and that was going to be that. But circumstances have dictated that he's starting every week anyway. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, a big step down that, isn't it? It's a big yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. glad I think Gareth's not taken him to uh, the World Cup. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think well, so Don't anyway. speak too soon. Don't but, speak yeah, too soon. That's too yeah, soon yeah. to say, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that is all the headlines from the Premier League this weekend. We do, in fact, have midweek games uh, because the football never stops. We are running out of time, so I'm just very quickly going to go through. We have Brighton taking on Nottingham Forest tomorrow or today, if you're listening. Um, we have Crystal Palace facing Wolves. Arsenal City is postponed. We've got to play PSV. Um, and then Wednesday... South Coast Derby, is it? Bournemouth taking on Southampton. Liverpool against West Ham could be an interesting game. West London Derby between Brentford and Chelsea. Newcastle taking on Everton. United, Tottenham. Andy, how are we feeling about that one? Hmm. It's going to be an interesting one, I think. I still think we could beat Tottenham at home, though, hopefully. I but... hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be a nice thing to do. Um and then that all finishes with Fulham taking on Aston Villa and Leicester City versus Leeds United. Midweek action, you got to love it. I'm kind of disappointed in a way. I'm disappointed that Arsenal aren't playing City at the minute, and I never thought I would say that. Um, but I think we're finished for today, guys. Anything to say before we send our listeners off um, into the night? Just a shout out, Chairboys Barmy Army, who gave us a good review on TikTok. So oh, thank you. Good yeah. man. Thank you. Always love it. Love it. If you are listening, watching, five star us, do whatever, wherever you can review us, do it. Yelp.com, wherever, just do it. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but we will see you on Friday, guys, for our podcast where we'll be looking forward to the weekend action and reviewing the midweek action. It's going to be a busy episode. And it's a bonus edition. We've got a great interview. And, 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 and we have an interview. So do not. Make sure to not miss out on it. I am an English teacher. I just cannot form sentences at the moment. So I'm going to leave you with that, guys. Thank you for joining us. As always, like, subscribe, follow, etc. And we will see you on Friday. Bye.